Welcome to the Word Ministry of Resurrection Church, where Dr. Joseph G. Matera is the senior pastor and presiding bishop. We trust that the following message will be a blessing. Open up your hearts and allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you through the preaching and teaching of one of God's choice servants. Everybody excited for the word? How about a hand for the worship team? Awesome time of worship. I tell you, even before worship, we had an awesome time of prayer in the back as we do every Sunday. And it's just the minute we start praying, let me tell you, you start praying, the gates of heaven open and just God just shows up. It's so awesome and powerful. You know, when you come in with all that weight and then when you look at God and who he is, Whatever it is, it's a molehill. It's nothing. It's uh, filthy rags. It's a waste. So you can say to yourself, I can't believe I spent all this energy worrying about that. That's the God that we serve. And we're going to see through the scripture today. Uh, today we're going to be sharing on the, about the prophet Daniel in chapter 9. Last week, Bishop shared on Abraham, and we're going to continue our series in pray, on prayer. So we're covering Daniel chapter 9, verses 1 through 19. I'll be reading out of the ESV translation. That's the English Standard Version. And uh, it's just amazing when we go through this text, and you're going to see... Uh, the title of our message today is Daniel's Identificational Prayer of Repentance. Daniel's Identificational Prayer of Repentance. And this is a summary, a summary of Daniel's prayer who identified with the sins and rebellion of his people and who used the scriptures uh, to believe it was time for them to return back to their land. Uh, what's the objective today? The objective today is to motivate us, to motivate the body of Christ, to know and understand that now is the time and during these seasons that we are to understand what's going on through the Scriptures. Let the Scriptures dictate the outcome of what's going to take place. Don't let the media, don't let the opinion of man, you let the Word of God shape your thoughts. You let the Word of God direct your steps. Amen? Amen. Two questions I would like you to ask yourselves, i like for us to ask ourselves as we go through this text. Do, number one, do I look to the words, to the Word for answers to this present crisis? Second question, do I know the promises of God I can stand on in faith as a foundation for prayer? So reading chapter 9, beginning in verse 1. Now this is an exposition of Daniel's prayer. It's an expository message, meaning we're going to go from the, through the scriptures and break them down. And uh, it's not a topical message. That's a message where we talk about a certain subject and we go through different scriptures in the Bible to support that subject we're talking about, like faith or healing and so on and so forth. But this time is an expository message, and we're beginning in chapter 9 of Daniel, verse 1. 
And it reads, in the first year of Darius, the son of Aserus, by, a, by descent a Mede, who was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans. Now, Darius the Mede had been a friend of Daniel, scholars said, and, and elevated him to a high office in the kingdom. He ruled over Babylon after Babylon fell to the Medes and the Persians. This may mean that Darius, which is a title, not actually a name, was really Cyrus. And Cyrus, who was made king by God's allowance, since Cyrus was the first monarch of the Medeo Persian Empire, this title was also the first year after the death of Belshazzar, when Babylon fell. So this text took place approximately 500, 539 BC, 539 years before Christ. Verse 2. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, perceived in the books the number of years that are according to the word of the Lord to Jeremiah the prophet must pass before the end of the desolations of Jerusalem, namely 70 years. See, as an exile living in a foreign nation, Daniel examined the scriptures of a contemporary prophet, which was Jeremiah. See, Daniel was a student of the Word, right? And Daniel looked at the perspective related to the times and the seasons he was living in. He didn't go nearly by the circumstances that were taking place around him. He let the Scriptures dictate what was going to take place. So he relied on the Word of God. So he studied the Scriptures as, Daniel, as Jeremiah wrote them. And verse 3, then I turned my face to the Lord God, seeking him by prayer and pleas for mercy with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. Daniel was a very humble man who knew that true wisdom came from the Father up above. The fasting, the sackcloth, the ashes tells us of the seriousness of Daniel's prayer. Daniel was passionate when he prayed. Daniel was praying, believing that the scriptures are true, believing that the time has come for his people to come back to their homeland. So he started to pray and intercede on behalf of his people. He was reaching out to God with a humble spirit. It is important that we come before God with the right heart attitude. It is important to know that we are nothing without God. When you approach God, when you cry out to him, you got to come as we sang in that song. I come and I say yes in my obedience. I say yes, Lord. I come and I surrender it all. We need to surrender it all. We need to give it all up, no matter what weight, what worry, whether it be at work, whether it be at home, whether it be with your child, whether it be with a relative, whether it be with your neighbor. It doesn't matter. Don't let that dictate your actions. Let the Word of God shape your thoughts. Let the Word of God dictate your footsteps, just like Daniel did. Even though the prophetic word in the Scriptures said the exile will last 70 years, 
Daniel didn't take that for granted. So Daniel found it that he, it was his responsibility to stand in a gap on behalf of his people, humble himself in sackcloth and ashes. He, they, they, he literally bowed down. If you can envision it, I envisioned it as I was studying the scriptures. Daniel just, just crying out to God, pouring his soul out to the Lord in sackcloth and ashes. They, they, he bowed on his knees and, and he took the ashes and he, he would pour it over his head and cry out, Father, Father. Hear the cry of my heart for my people. Daniel knew that he had to fast and pray to apply the biblical promises in his day. See, most prophecies are conditional. And they're conditional on what? Just like the song says, awesome worship out of the obedience of God's people. We have to obey what God is calling us to do. We can't let fear cripple us. We can't let fear stop us. You see, what's taking place is real. I'm not saying this virus is not real. But what I am saying is that the enemy has jumped on that, okay, and he's trying to instill fear in the people of God. Amen. Where the opposite of that is the response that we should have, and that is faith. Right? Faith, the Bible says that faith can do what? Faith can move mountains. How much faith? As small as a mustard seed. Yeah, but I don't know too much. I'm really a baby Christian. That's all it takes. You know a little? You know how small mustard seed is? That's all it takes. But who am I? Who are you? You are a child of God. You go on your knees, say, Father, regardless of everything I'm being bombarded with, I'm trusting you. I'm believing in you. Verse 4 says, I pray to the Lord my God and made confession, saying, O Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments. See, Daniel began his prayer by telling God, that he was aware of his greatness. It reminds me of Jesus in the Gospels when he was teaching his disciples how to pray. How did he pray the Lord's Prayer? He said, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You notice in both instances, they acknowledge God for who he is. He is a great God. He is an awesome God. You see, people, the God we serve still sits on the throne. The Bible says that his kingdom shall reign over all the earth. His kingdom never fades. The kingdom always was. The kingdom always will be. That's why they call him the Alpha 
and the omega, the beginning and the end. Everything that happens in between doesn't change that fact. He knows God does not break his covenant with man. It is man that breaks covenant with God. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. The Gospel of John 14, verse 15. Daniel has kept the commandments of the Lord. See, Daniel made confession. That is to say that he spoke out loud related to the covenant-keeping God and the promises he made towards his people. There's nothing greater than reminding God of his word. You remind him of his word. Father, you said, that's your weapon. Father, you said, that's your assurance. Father, you said, the minute you do that, it just extinguishes the lies and the whispers of the enemy. See, Daniel engaged in identificational repentance by confessing the sins of his nation. Although there is no record of Daniel committing these specific sins. But he responded just like Nehemiah responded. He engaged in prayer, knowing the God that he served. In verse 5, Daniel says, We have sinned and done wrong and acted wickedly and rebelled, turning aside from your commandments and rules. Please note that Daniel said, We have sinned. Not I have sinned or, or they have sinned. He so identified with his people that he took upon himself their sin as well. You know, as a parent, when I, our children are going through a challenge or they're going through something, it's, it's, it's like a burden as a parent, and you cry out to God, God, have mercy on my son. Have mercy on my daughter. Father, forgive them. Lord, give them an opportunity to, to turn back to you. Give them an opportunity to be able to hear your voice. Or family, whatever the case may be, how much more our Father, our Creator, the minute we call upon Him, we get his attention. Our God is faithful. He is a loving father. He is a righteous God, yes. He is a jealous God, yes. But his faithfulness compares to nothing else. See, Daniel wasn't engaged in uncovering or accusing his people, but identifying with them and repented in their place. This amazing passage shows us that we can stand in the places of others so that God doesn't destroy them or destroy the land. That's where we are as a church today. We are in a month of prayer, 
and fasting, which is going to take us right into our solemn assembly. That's going to be modified a little bit, but nevertheless, we're coming already geared. We're coming already consecrated, and we're going to pray on October 30th and the 31st. Many of you have gotten, I'm sure you got a link to click on, sign up, pick a two-hour shift. It's going to be around the clock from the 30th to the 31st. You know what? Pray believing God. You imagine us if we really take heed to this hour. Let me tell you something. We can shift the atmosphere. Do you believe that? Do you believe that you can shift the atmosphere? Do you really know the God that you serve? Do you believe in the power of his word? Do you believe in the power of prayer? If you don't, link on to someone who does and pray together. Instantaneously, you're going to see. You see why? You know why you'll be able to see? Because once you realize that it's got nothing to do with you, it's got nothing to do with how good you are, and it doesn't have anything to do with how messed up you are, has everything to do with for who he is. He is a great father. And then above all, we have an advocate in Jesus who is sitting at the right hand of the Father in intercession for you and for me nonstop. He never sleeps. Interceding for you and for me. Interceding for our children. Interceding for our family member that has yet to know God. Don't quit, church. Now's the moment where we need to buckle up just like Daniel did and identify with that loved one, identify with their falling ways on behalf of who they are and how much they mean to you in your life and cry out to the Father in prayer. Look at Ezekiel 22.30. It says, that God sought for a man who would stand in a gap so that he would not destroy the land. But he did not find one, which resulted in God pouring out his wrath upon the nation. Verse 6, Daniel says, We have not listened to your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings, our princesses, our fathers, and to all the people in the land. See, God holds us accountable to knowing the scriptures of the prophets. Jesus said in the Gospel of Luke chapter 16, if you do not believe the prophets of the Old, of the Old Testament, Neither will we believe if one of them were to rise up from the dead right now. Verse 7. To you, O Lord, belong righteousness, but to us open shame. As this day, to the men of Judah, to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and to all Israel, to those who are near and those who are far away, in all the lands to which you have driven them, because of the treachery that they have committed against you. 
His prayer was based on knowing God's character. Especially his righteousness and his faithfulness. Based on God's righteousness, he will scatter the plans of his people if we don't obey his word. God will mess our things up. You think it might be going good. And I'm not talking about the, 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 the uh, things that we've accomplished in the world. I'm not talking about that. Things could be all good according to the natural law or natural man or, or, or the definition of this world for success. God will scramble it all up and you wonder, God, what took place here? Perhaps he's trying to get our attention. I was talking to my wife the other day, and I said, this, you know, this thing, this virus is just crippling people we're talking about. She goes, I really believe God's trying to get our attention. And she's right. She's right. God really shook us. And we we're looking at ourselves and we're saying, now we need to depend on him. Now's the time to seek him. He's not going to reject us. He's a loving father. That's why Daniel knew and understood how faithful God was. And you're talking about Daniel before Jesus. You understand? Back then, you just had to rely on the prophets. The prophets would go on behalf of the people and cry out to God. The high priest would go through the veil and the mercy seat and cry out. He would wear a, 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 a rope around with a, with a bell and after fasting and prayer for days and on behalf of the people, he wanted to make sure he was sinless because if he wasn't, he would be struck dead right there by the power of God. So the people would wait outside the courts waiting to see if the prophet would come out. If they heard that bell ring, they go, uh-oh, another one bites the dust. That's how it was. But folks, the God we serve today is the God of mercy. His mercy is new each and every morning. The Bible says that his mercy triumphs over judgment. So don't let the enemy lie to you and tell you, forget about it, you're too messed up. Another prophet who lived almost 200 years before Daniel, Isaiah. Look what he says in chapter 3, verses 10 and 11. Tell the righteous that it shall be well with them, for they shall eat the fruit of their deeds. But then he says, woe to the wicked, it shall be ill with him, for what his hands have dealt out shall be done to him. Verses 8 to 10, it says now, chapter 9. To us, O Lord, belong open shame. To our kings, to our princesses, and to our fathers, because we have sinned against you. To the Lord our God belong mercy and forgiveness. You, know, you, you notice the counter? He identified with their sin, but he also reminded God, to you belong mercy and forgiveness. 
For we have rebelled against him and have not obeyed the voice of the Lord our God by walking in his laws, which he set before us by his servants, the prophets. All Israel has transgressed your law and turned aside, refusing to obey your voice. Look what Romans 6.21 says. But what were the fruit that you were getting that we were getting at the time from the things which we are now ashamed of. For the end of those things is death. Sin is pleasurable. It is. But don't get, don't get seduced. Don't think uh, just a little bit. Um, who's going to know? Nobody's here. Nobody I know from church is here. Be not deceived. Someone's always there. Verses 11 and 12 says, And the curse and oath that were written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, have been poured upon us because we have sinned. We have sinned against our Father. He has confirmed his words, which he spoke against us and against our rulers who ruled us by bringing upon us a great calamity. If we look at Deuteronomy 28, it talks about the blessings and the curses that will come upon the people and nations who dispel the law of God. which is found in the Ten Commandments. If we were to read that chapter, we would realize that many of the curses coming upon us, coming upon the USA today, are similar to those written thousands of years ago by Moses. Even though we're not a Christian nation today, because we're not. There are enough Christians in the land today that we can pray and come together in faith and believe in prayer to see the shift in the atmosphere and see the tide change from where we are to where God wants us to be. Do you believe that? I said, do you believe that? Let the enemy hear you. Do you believe that? For those who say that the principles of the law don't apply to us today as a secular nation in America, since it was written to Israel as a theocracy, as a set of governmental laws at the time, all we have to do is read Amos chapters 1 and 2. Read Jeremiah and Isaiah, and we will see what happened against the nations. We also see that in Psalm 2. Let the word remind you that the God we serve is a righteous God. Verse 13, as it is written in the law of Moses... 
All this calamity has come upon us, yet we have not entreated the favor of the Lord our God, turning from our iniquities and gaining insight by your truth. With all the confusion that's taking place in our nation today, the church should be motivated to pray more than ever before. If there's a time that we need prayer, it is now, folks. It is now. We need to pray and pray without ceasing. And not because we're afraid of God. And not because we can't trust God. But because we know that God, in the midst of what's taking place, the gospel can shine brightly and greater than ever before. This could be the greatest, most powerful move in the body of Christ in the history of the church, and you and I are a part of it. Can you picture that? Can you picture a century from now, a hundred years from now, someone reading the scripture or someone reading the story saying, wow, there was a time in the year 2020 when things were really bad across the earth, but the power of God came on, during that time and the church got renewed. The church got empowered. And you know what? Just like, I don't know how many have been listening to the uh, the prayers Bishop has with uh, Cal, and, and he had all, all those uh, leaders praying, okay? And uh, there was Victor Nazario said, he brought up, uh, he says, you know, God can heal the land like he did in Guatemala in a place, city called Alamonga. It is, he says where the power of God came in and showed up that the prisons all closed down. All the prisons closed down. God blessed the land, and the vegetation was beyond recognition. They, they were in a famine. They, it, it was a rough time, and God shifted everything around. He says vegetation was like three times the size. The Lord blessed the whole land. I mean, it was just absolutely, his revival broke out through the whole city. That's the God that we serve. Verses 14 and 16 says, Therefore the Lord has kept ready the calamity and has brought it upon us. For the Lord our God is righteous in all the works that he has done. And we have not obeyed him. And now, O Lord, who brought your people out of the land of Egypt with a mighty hand, we have made a name for yourself. As at this day we have sinned and we have done wickedly. Again, Daniel identifying with the sins of his fathers. O Lord, according to your righteous acts, let your anger and your wrath turn away from your city, Jerusalem, your holy hill. Because of our sins, for the iniquities of our fathers, Jerusalem and your people have become a byword among all around us. Verses 17 through 19. Now, therefore, O our God, listen to the prayer of your servant and to his pleas for mercy and for your own sake. O Lord, make your face to shine upon your sanctuary, which is desolate. O my God, incline your ear and hear. Open your eyes and see our desolations and the city that is called by your name. For we do not 
present our pleas before you because of our righteousness, but because of your great mercy. O Lord, hear, forgive. O Lord, pay attention and act. Do, delay not for your own sake, O my God, because your city and your people are called by your name. Powerful prayer by Daniel. What are some important principles that we can see in these two verses? His prayer was not based just on the fact that the people of God needed to be rescued. But he said, Father, for your sake and your purposes. He knew that the answer was for God's face to shine upon his sanctuary. In, that, in this present day, what does that mean? That God's mercy and grace will shine upon his church and that the favor and presence of God will fill his church even in this time of calamity, even in the times that we are in right now. It says that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. The enemy has no power over us, folks. We need to know that fact. The enemy has no power over us. Daniel's faith in God answering his prayer was not based on his own righteousness. It's not based on our righteousness. Or it's not based on what the nation deserves. It's not based on what we deserve as a nation today. Because really, we messed up. We sat in these four walls while things were mobilized and taking place, and voila, look at what we have accomplished. Now we see what was birthed. But the God we serve still sits on the throne, He still reigns. He is the same God yesterday, now, and forever. See, God hears us because of the blood of Jesus, which enables his grace to cover our sin. And in turn, we attain Christ's righteousness. When the enemy tries to accuse us to the Father. The Father says, all I see is the blood of my Son. The blood of Jesus covers our sin. The blood of Jesus, what he accomplished on that cross to set us free, gives us the opportunity and the ability to stand in a gap in prayer that God doesn't have to say in 2020, I did not find a man who would make a breach, who would stand in a gap. He said, I found a remnant. I found a people of God that would stood in a gap and cried out to me and I moved in power. And I showed them what I can do in a moment's notice. That's the God we serve. What are some lessons that we learned quickly before I close? It is important for us to know what's going on in the world 
and not just say, oh, God's in control. No. Daniel was responsible for the sins of his fathers. We are responsible for what's taking place in this nation. We need to stand in a gap, proclaim his word, and stand in faith and believe God to move in power and in might. It is important for us not to lose faith or else we'll cave in in fear. But understand that God is in control, even in his judgments. The church is not to stand idly by and watch the things that are going on socially. We need to pray and believe God to move. It's time for the remnant church to stand in the place of the whole body of Christ and for the sake of God's kingdom purposes in the nations of the world. Quickly recap Daniel's posture in this text. Verses 4 to 19, Daniel prayed. And various aspects of this passage have rich instruction regarding prayer for us. See, true prayer is in response to God's word. We see that in verse 2. True prayer is characterized by the fervency and self-denial of God's people. We see that in verse 3. True prayer is identified unselfishly with God's people. We see that in verse 5. True prayer is strengthened by confession. We see that through verses 5 and 15. True prayer is dependent on God's character, not on our righteousness. We see that in verses 4, 7, 9, and 15. And true prayer has his ultimate goal to be God's glory. Everything we do, we do to attain God's glory. Everything we desire to accomplish, we want for God's glory. Everything is for God's glory. We need God's glory. We need God to show up. Let the train of his robe fill the temple. Let's believe God. So what's the application during this text for us? To pray. That's what we need to do. We need to pray. Study Daniel. Read this text again. See how he postured himself. See how he identified with the sins of his fathers. And see God move in a mighty, mighty way. Do you believe God with me? Are we going to be part of the problem by celebrating what the world celebrates? Or are we going to be part of a solution where we will see the greatest awakening in the body of Christ that man has ever seen? You believe that? Amen. Stand up to your feet. We trust that you were blessed. For more information regarding our church, please go to our website at www.resurrectionchurchofny.com or call 718-436-0242, extension 0.